Hello, this is John McCormick, the pastor of Crossword Christian Center in Round Rock, Texas, with another word on the go. Today's word on the go will come from a sermon that I preached some time ago. Uh, This one will be broken up into two parts, and it will actually uh, be the culmination of season one of the podcast series, A Word on the Go. So I want to thank you so much for supporting this and listening to this, and I hope that these sermons have been helpful to you. Again, this will be part one of the series. The title of the sermon is Pardon the Interruption, Navigating Change. Pardon the Interruption, Navigating Change. It will come from 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 19 through 21, and 2 Kings chapter 2, verses 11 through 14. 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 19 through 21, and 2 Kings chapter 2, verses 11 through 14. Again, I'll be reading from the New Living Translation, but whatever translation of the Bible you have will suffice. Uh, Let's go meet me over at 1 Kings chapter 19, beginning at verse 19. So Elijah went and found Elisha, son of Shaphat, plowing a field. There were 12 teams of oxen in the field, and Elisha was plowing with the 12th team. Elijah went over to him and threw his cloak across his shoulders and then walked away. Elisha left the oxen standing there, ran after Elijah, and said to him, First, let me go and kiss my father and mother goodbye, and then I will go with you. Elijah replied, Go on back, but think about what I have done to you. So Elisha returned to his oxen and slaughtered them. He used the wood from the plow to build a fire to roast their flesh. He passed around the meat to the townspeople, and they all ate. Then he went with Elijah as his assistant. Going down to 2 Kings chapter 2, beginning at verse 11. As they were walking along and talking, suddenly a chariot of fire appeared, drawn by horses of fire. It drove between the two men, separating them, and Elijah was carried by a whirlwind into heaven. Elisha saw it and cried out, My father, my father, I see the chariots and the charioteers of Israel. And as they disappeared from sight, Elisha tore his clothes in distress. Elisha picked up Elijah's cloak, which had fallen when he was taken up. Then Elisha returned to the bank of the Jordan River. He struck the water with Elijah's cloak and cried out, Where is the Lord, the God of Elijah? Then the river divided and Elisha went across. There's a television show, a sports show that comes on ESPN called Pardon the Interruption. It is a 30-minute sports talk show that is designed to cover several topics or subjects within a short period of time. Each segment has a specific time limit. When that time limit expires, the hosts immediately move to the next subject, whether they have completed discussing the previous subject or not. In essence, each subject interrupts the previous one. There is no controversy on the show because it is understood that when the time is up on a particular subject, the hosts must move on. They have accepted the interruptions and know that a change of subject is inevitable. When the interruptions come, the hosts immediately adjust and move on. 
Perhaps, my brothers and sisters, we can take a lesson from this show because life is full of interruptions, interruptions that will necessarily cause change to come. Since we know that change is inevitable, we should spend our time navigating through it rather than trying to prevent it. Our scripture passages today provide key instructions on how to navigate change when it comes. The first passage of scripture that we read today introduces us to a man by the name of Elisha. Elijah, we know, will become Elijah's successor when Elijah has completed his prophetic office and the work that God had assigned him. In the text, we see that Elijah approaches Elisha, who is actually plowing in the field. Elijah approaches him, throws his cloak over him and begins to walk away. Elisha runs after him because I think he knows what this really meant and asks uh, Elijah if he could go and tell his parents goodbye. Elijah says, do what you need to do, but understand, think about what I have done to you. And so Elijah returns to the plow, but not to go back to work. He returns to disassemble it. He uses the wood from the plow to build a fire and he slaughters the oxen, the oxen there and feeds the nearby townspeople. Put a pin there. We're going to come back and pick that up during the course of either part one or part two of this sermonic moment. The second passage of scripture uh, fast forwards us to when Elijah's time is up. They are walking along when all of a sudden Elijah is taken up and I'll invite you to read both first Kings and second Kings read the story surrounding each of these passages of scripture so that you can get a full understanding of what's going on. Elisha is upset that Elijah has departed uh, but the cloak that Elijah was wearing is still there. In the text, what we see is that Elisha picks up Elijah's cloak, wraps it around his arm and strikes the water. When he strikes the Jordan River, the water uh, recedes and then uh, Elijah goes across. In a few minutes, we're going to look at really what that means as we unpack uh, what has just happened in both passages of scripture. And if you hang with me for just a few minutes, I will show you and demonstrate for you how those passages represent change. But in order to do it, we need to do it through the lenses of about three points that I want to lift up. Probably we'll only get to the first point in part one of this sermonic series. So you will have to immediately go to part two to get it, uh, to get the remainder. The first thing you need to understand if you going to navigate change is, is that change can come at inconvenient times. Let me say it again. Change can come and often comes at inconvenient times. Change does not wait for an opening on our schedules. Rather, it creates an opening of its own. Look at the text. In the text, we read that Elijah visits Elisha. There's no indication that Elijah scheduled an appointment to visit with Elisha. Rather, Elijah found Elisha plowing in the field, approached him and threw his mantle or his cloak 
over Elisha's shoulders. In essence, Elijah was anointing Elisha to become his successor by placing his cloak or mantle or coat on Elisha. The lesson here, my brothers and sisters, is that change comes when change wants to come. It does not call ahead for reservations, nor does it wait for an invitation to arrive. I need to say that again. Change uh, comes when change wants to come. It does not call ahead for reservations, nor does it wait for an invitation to arrive. In fact, it crashes the present, thereby creating its own space on our schedules, whether we wanted change there or not. If we understood that change is inevitable, and if we understand that, and that it is something that we cannot prevent, then maybe what we ought to do is rather than fight change when change comes, maybe we ought to accept it and adjust accordingly. When Elisha accepted Elijah's mantle, he did that by moving, by actually going with Elijah. Elisha made a change in his occupation immediately. He did not go back and think it over. He did not consult with others. He did not seek out references. No, what he simply did was follow the man of God's lead and was ready to serve. Let me stop now because that's really the first point and I'm about out of time. I'm trying to help somebody right now who's navigating change. COVID-19 has done something to you. We've talked about it. I've preached about it all uh, just about all year. And some of us understand and some of us don't that change has come whether we like it or not. This particular virus has caused us to change our lifestyles, change our approaches. It didn't ask whether we wanted to accept it. We just had to accept it. Now, those of there are some who didn't accept it at all. And there are consequences that flow from that. But for all of us who are trying to navigate change, let me tell you, change comes at inconvenient times. It never catches you when you're prepared, nor does it catch you when you extended an invitation. No, change often crashes your party and crashes it at a, the most inopportune time. Now, our brothers and sisters, I'm going to close out part one of this uh, sermonic uh, moment, but there are two more important uh, or equally as important thoughts that ought to come out of this, and you can only catch those if you come to part two of this sermon. Pardon the interruption. The question is change comes at inconvenient times. Can you handle it, or will you fight against it? May God bless you and keep you. I'll see you in a few minutes.